What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Contractor Marketing Show. I'm your host, Matt Tebow, and today we are welcomed here with, again, Matt Favreau. Welcome, Matt. Matt and Matt back in the studio. Matt squared, I guess. Hey, guys, we have a really good show today. We're going to be talking all about the top lessons that we learned from uh, many of the marketing campaigns we've done. We want to show you uh, lots of the lessons that we've learned and just some of the really good uh, golden nuggets that we can take away from this. So we're going to be taking a look at like what was it that we did with some clients where it made some campaigns very uniquely successful in a lot of different angles. We're going to talk about like offers. We're going to talk about niching. We're going to talk about all sorts of things that uniquely made them successful. And then we're also going to look at some campaigns that were a little bit more challenging. You know, it's like a lot of the time with marketing and business, as we all know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And so we're going to go through of like how we were able to um, adapt to some of these challenges and turn things around. So with that being said, let's jump right into things, Matt, here. Um, We're going to both kind of like discuss this. So The first thing that I want to dive into is talking about some of the campaigns that we've done where we were focused in on offers. You know, like a big part of what we do, if you're listening to this, is, and if you listen to the Pat podcasts, where we're always focusing in on like, how can we make you uniquely positioned, right? A lot of contractors um, struggle all the time with standing out from the crowd, right? And so a lot of what we do before we start any kind of marketing campaign, because it's not just about like throwing out Facebook ads or Google ads, and then we don't have any real strategy or foundation behind it. We want to make sure that you're uniquely positioned. And part of that is having a great offer, right? And so One of my favorite campaigns uh, that we've done to highlight offers and a unique offer, you can actually see it on our website there, was a gentleman uh, who does like a lot of um, interlocking. Uh, So John, he has a uh, concrete business and interlocking business. And I'll kind of break down um, how this went um, in far as like creating the offer for his business. So like I said, John, he focuses mostly on interlock and concrete. But for this specific campaign, he wanted to focus in on like the interlock side. And so when we were sitting down, I was trying to figure out like, hey, what is going to help you stand out from the crowd? And we were going back and forth during like our kickoff call and trying to figure out what can help stand out from the crowd here. So he was saying like, hey, like, you know, maybe something we could do for a marketing campaign would be all of the people who come in for an estimate or a quote. Maybe at the end of the month, I could like put all their names into a hat and then we can like go through those and I can give away, you know, some kind of free thing. Like maybe they win like, you know, uh, a free XYZ or like a free barbecue. We had a couple ideas that we were throwing around. Just interject. That's yeah. kind of like the general thinking I feel yeah. like of a lot of people when they're trying to yeah. think of offers and giveaways. It's like, what's something fun I can give to my audience or entice people to get a quote maybe? Uh, and it's not flawed thinking. It, it's fun, especially at the barbecue offer because mm-hmm. you worked with backyard patios. kind of made sense. It's like, hey, maybe they'll get a new patio mm-hmm. and they could host their friends for a great barbecue and, and it's a great offer. And it kind of was, but uh, you thought of something else that was more yeah. unique. No, actually, thanks for interjecting. Yeah, because it's like, it's not a bad idea. It's, yeah. it, it's related to the service, right? Like, it's one thing to give away like free, like we're, we're Canadian, right? So it's one thing to give away like free hockey tickets. It's not related to the service. It's like not everyone likes hockey, right? 
whereas the free barbecue is pretty complementary to the service, right? And so that can definitely work really well. But um, I was doing my research and I looked into, okay, what are some other hardscaping companies um, doing in this area? Like, what are they offering? And I had a look and I realized that no other company was talking about warranty. Like no other business was talking about warranty. And he's higher priced than a lot of the other guys. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, like, if I'm going to invest in like, you know, an expensive backyard patio, I want it to last. So I started asking him, I said, okay, what kind of warranty comes with like when someone gets a patio? And he was saying, well, I mean, the warranty that comes on the stones from the supplier that I use for my stones, it actually has a lifetime warranty. So anything that ever happens to it, it's covered by a lifetime. Like, wait a minute, a lifetime warranty, you say? Yeah, exactly. Like that was kind of the marketing moment, you know, where I was like, oh, light bulb moment. And I told him, I said, wow, like, what did you just say there? Like, lifetime warranty? That's very interesting. And he was like, yeah, but Matt, like, every single landscaper who's in this area and who uses that company, they know that. Like, people know that. And I was saying, yeah, but they know it, but the clients don't, at least from the front end. Like, I'm looking at all these websites. Nothing is mentioned about it. No warranty, no nothing. And so I was like, I'm telling you, man, that is the offer. Because if we come up with a lifetime warranty, that's going to brand you as being like that high-end, reliable, hey, we do a great job. We guarantee our work type thing, blah, blah, blah. And so that's what we did. We ran with it for the interlocking patios or pavers. And so we went with a lifetime warranty. And so that was a couple of years ago. And this campaign is still running. It's still very, very successful. And along the way, it's actually funny. We've had some copycats that I've seen come in and, like, try and do that angle. But it just kind of comes off as, like, hey, like, us too. Yeah, everyone's like, hey, oh, my God, they're actually capitalizing on this thing that we had, everybody had. But nobody thought to highlight it because, like Matt said earlier, all the contractors in the space knew about it, right? Interlock, whatever, lifetime warranty. It's a reliable material. It lasts forever. Obviously, it has a lifetime warranty, but the customers didn't know. And once you highlight that unique selling point, people flock to it, especially if they're want it to last they want it you know lifetime warranty on their backyard patio Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is too is that a lot of contractors think they need to come up with this very very unique offer type thing like with the barbecue or whatever we were talking about but a lot of the time the unique offer that you have is something that's already implemented into your business so what you should be asking yourself is what am I already offering in my business that I can separate from the service and turn into a free value add to get people's attention? Yeah, most things have this. Like, it's not unique to interlock or patios by any means. Roofing has it. Tiling has it. Most manufacturers believe in their products, so they give some sort of warranty that you can leverage to get more clients for yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I thought that that was a cool story that we could go through for offers. Um, we have a couple others, but I think what we're going to do is segue into talking about niching. So if you've read my book at all, Digital Marketing Secrets for Contractors, you know that niching your uh, contracting business is super important um, for a bunch of different reasons. I talk about this. You know, It's important from a marketing perspective. It makes it easier for you to penetrate a market so that you're, you're known as being like the guy for XYZ. It also just makes it easier to run your business, right? Because you have less chaos going around and it's easier for you to scale. 
Um, so I want to talk about one of the campaigns that we've done also. Uh, Matt Kramer, he's on our website as well. And um, this was a very cool campaign to highlight the power of niching. And so when he came to us, he was a carpenter who was mostly a subcontractor. And he came to us just saying, hey, like, I want more carpentry type jobs. I'm looking to take on, you know, more of these type of jobs, but I want to start getting my own jobs and not relying on a GC or whatever type thing. And so when he came in and he told me about his skill set, I was saying, okay, there's one problem, though, is that the way that we are positioning yourself right now, you're not going to be positioned to be very attractive to the residential market, like homeowners, right? Because when you say, hey, we do carpentry, it's like for a homeowner, they're thinking like, okay, like, what is that? Is that like this? Is it framing? Is it that? Like, they don't really know. And so it's better to turn it into a more consumable product. And so I asked him, I said, what do you like doing within carpentry residentially? And he was like, decks. And so I said, that's perfect. So we're going to niche you into being the decking guy. And so that's exactly what we did. We grabbed all the pictures that he had for decks. We grabbed all the testimonials. And we really niched his business into the decking uh, arena. And so we were able to solidify him as a decking expert. And you can see on our website, like, we ran that campaign. And through, like, the four-month uh, campaign initially there that we were running, he did 200 grand. I think a slightly over 200 grand in decks. And so it, like, booked him up until, like... Um, I think he said until like Christmas or something. So it was a, a very successful Way more campaign. jobs than he was used to booking, I'm sure, in mm -hmm. that short amount of time. Um, there's also some like unexpected mm -hmm. benefits of doing this too. Uh, if you're doing like the same thing over and over again, like building the same thing that you enjoy, you'll get quicker at it. You'll get more skilled. You'll, you know, you'll get more pictures to use for further marketing. The more you keep capitalizing on that, you just get better and better and better at it. And mm -hmm. it's like, it just makes more sense. Yeah, we've seen some examples too with campaigns where it's like, maybe we pick a niche for a contractor where it's like, hey, you know, we're focusing in on, um, you know, we're going to focus in on basements for this contractor. And then we're going in on a campaign for it. And maybe we see like, okay, for this specific campaign, like, it's maybe it's like a lot higher ticket. So it's like this one might be more difficult to land, right? Like these types of this type of niche is more difficult to land. And so sometimes what we can do within like a campaign to pivot will be like, hey, we're really focusing in on this niche. But like, hey, this niche might be easier for us to close like on, on the contractor side, it's maybe it's lower ticket or maybe it's higher ticket or more profitable or whatever. Less so, competition. Less competition. Yeah. Sometimes just by changing a niche too, like within the campaign, then we're able to like tweak the campaign. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, like you were having a hard time closing basements. Well, now you can close bathrooms because it like the market maybe wasn't ready to pay like high ticket for a basement, but it can do smaller bathrooms, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And there's similar skills involved. And it's even better if you're doing things like tile where you maybe you want to focus on like tile showers, but you can do tile flooring, backsplashes. If you can pivot effectively, especially when we see the numbers, like if we, if we understand that, oh, it's going to be tough, but you're willing to try other things. If we focus together on a niche that you like and one that's profitable, it works hand in hand and it usually brings good results. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so niching is a really powerful tool that we use in our agency just because it hyper focuses you on grabbing like a certain type of job. And so it's more likely that you're going to be able to land those jobs rather than just being like a general type um, contractor. Whereas then like, let's say that we're focusing in on those types of jobs. And then for whatever reason, we're like, hey, maybe we need to pivot. Like Matt was saying, then like, it's not a big deal to be able to pivot your niche. But just you have to have have some intention behind that in terms of like how you're running everything else out. 
Um, so that's like some examples too of niching and the power of niching. Um, if you haven't read my book yet, Digital Marketing Secrets for Contractors, I'll give away a free copy on this podcast here for you to check out because I talk a lot about offers and niching in that book and I think it'll really help you out. So if you go to www.contractormarketingbook.com, that's contractormarketingbook.com, then you can get a free ebook and audiobook download of that book. So you can check it out. It's absolutely free. Um, if you want the paperback version, you can get it for like 22 bucks on Amazon, but uh, you can check out the ebook and audiobook for free. Um, so you can check that out. So shifting gears a little bit. So obviously, as a marketing agency, like our job is to bring our clients the leads, right? And so I thought it would be interesting though, for us to talk about on the client end, like some of the campaigns that we've done where it was very obvious that pretty much every single lead that we got the client was like fully rinsed out, fully, you know, taken advantage of the client was basically, as I wrote down here, they have the best sales ability, right? Because it's like, sometimes we'll get clients where they're used to referrals, they're used to like working where someone comes to them and um, easy sale, easy sale, like they pretty much and let like we were talking about this on one of our previous podcasts where, you know, unless you really fumble something, or you say the wrong thing, or you quote them like insanely high, for a lot of times for a referral, they trust you, they know you already, they're like, what, what needs to happen here for us to work together, right? And so sometimes when we're working with a contractor, and they don't have that sales ability, um, then it requires for me to coach them through that process a lot more. And so obviously, that's going to impact the results of the campaign, right? Maybe things are going to be slower, maybe it just requires me to jump on more calls with the client and fix whatever their sales process is happening there. But notably here, there have been some campaigns where the client was like very, very good at sales, and it was kind of just like a great storm. And so I have here, um, I won't disclose like the name of his business, but we have a fencing contractor, his name's Alex. And this campaign uh, is really fun because this client is like super committed to the process of sales. Um, He's got a great sales process. I've noticed pretty much every lead that comes through, whether it's Google or Facebook, like he's following up with them. He's great at booking appointments. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's got a clear goal. He's like mm. dedicated to the goal. All season he's been working with us, uh, being totally fair about how we can work together to hit that goal. And it's been great. Like it's been probably one of our best campaigns this year. And, and it's because of a lot of reasons. One being his great sales ability because we're delivering the leads and he's closing them. And he understands that um, it's a numbers game. And mm-hmm. the more leads we give him, the better chance he has at closing sales. And he's done a great job so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like Matt said, like he came in with a very clear goal, like, hey, this is the sales I want to hit for this campaign. This is like the milestones that we need. And like right now, it's looking like almost a million dollar campaign. So very, very cool. Um, Definitely a good highlight of what can happen when like, you know, great marketing meets a great sales process, then all the things really line up. I've got another um, thing here is like, you know, we won't say the name of it, but there's a certain painting franchise that like a lot of their franchise um, operators will come to us to help with their marketing. And so like they're running under this franchise and then they'll kind of like rebrand under another name. And so um, what's really cool about working with this painting franchise though is that every single client who comes to us who's using this painting franchise, they all have uh, sales training built into the franchise. 
And so it's like every time that they come to us, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, I've got a CRM. Oh, yeah, like I have like a call script. I know how to do that. Oh, we train our guys on like estimating. And so it's really, really fun because like um, they come in with a specific goal, like you said, like you almost always when they get on the call, they're like, this is what I need to hit this year. This is the goal. And then every single lead that comes in, they're almost always like on it. Yeah, and it's kind of like a fun, different experience, uh, maybe for you especially too, yeah. where normally you're coaching guys on maybe like sales specifically, but here it's almost like a business building opportunity for them, and you kind of coach them through everything they need outside of sales. So maybe like help mm-hmm. growing a team, help on social media, whatever it might be. It, it's just a different, unique situation. And the fact that we can deliver them leads and they're closing the leads, it just works together that we can help grow something massive in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases with these guys yeah it's just really nice it's just because like when someone comes in with that kind of mindset like hey man just pass me the leads and i've got the deals closed it's really nice working with that kind of mindset because then it makes our job of like sending leads and and creating an roi from that so much easier because if someone's the type of person where maybe they've just got like that bad mindset where they're like oh like you know, this person doesn't seem qualified before they even call them or whatever, like they're just chot or like they just don't really know how to book appointments or whatever. It's just so much extra work on our end because then like our success manager has to check in and be like, okay, like what can we do here to fix this? And I have to jump on calls and fix it. And it's like, I'm not complaining about that because that's, I love doing that. But at the same time, it does make it harder for us to be able to really drive like fast results, right? Yeah, that situation is almost more like damage control in a sense mm. where you're like, okay, even if we're delivering the leads, it's not closed, turning into sales. And that's bad for both of us, both parties, both us and the client. Mm. So you have to fix that. Whereas with these guys, it's not so much damage control. It's more like growth oriented where mm. it's like, okay, maybe we need to help you hire a new crew or maybe we need to help mm. you leverage this aspect where it's like maybe a CRM or if they haven't set it up, but usually they have Mm -hmm. things like that where it's like growth oriented versus damage control yeah and it's like um i kind of use the analogy of like putting gasoline on a fire right it's like it's really fun and these are some examples of like these painting franchise type clients where like they're probably going to be successful anyways like they're going to have a successful year they're hustlers they're ready to go they're yeah they're out there they're door knocking sometimes They're, they're they're great at sales yeah, like like they're going to be successful regardless. So it's a really fun campaign for us to do when someone has strong sales ability because then if we throw them like, you know, a bunch of leads, then we know that they're going to be taking care of those leads and closing them. So it just makes it like good for everyone involved. And so those are definitely some notable campaigns that are really really fun. You know, you can see like um like uh, Justin, he's on our website as well. Um, like, you know, he's a painting contractor. He went from 450 to a million. And then now this year he's doing, uh, I think he hit a 2 million already, if not very close. And so it's like, it's a prime example of where like any lead that we generate for him, he, is, he has a process, it's down, the follow-up is down, the CRM, everything's in place. Yeah, we're not worried about going through the leads. It's like, did you follow up with this guy? Is there money on the table here? It's like, no, no. Like Matt said earlier, they're rinsed. They're they're either sold or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we so shifting gears here, we have some other uh, examples of like some notable campaigns. Here I've got written down here lifetime value campaigns. So some of the campaigns that we run where a product is super high ticket, it's quite easy for us to create like a fast return on investment, you know, like sometimes clients will ask like, well, Matt, like how much can I make from this marketing campaign? And the answer is, is that like it depends based off of the 
um, the value of what you're selling, right? So if you've got like, you know, um, if you're doing basement renovations, then like some of the ticket price for that's going to be like 50k plus, right? Yeah, you could do a million dollars easily in yeah. a year, like no no problem. Hundred thousand dollar basement, right? Whereas like then on the lower end, maybe you're doing like some smaller jobs where you're doing like floor refinishing, right? Where it's like it's more of like a volume game where you're doing like three thousand dollar floor refinishing jobs or whatever, right? And so it depends on the unit per sale or like the the, the size of the um, transaction, right? And so for this specific uh, example that I have here, that was like a fun campaign to do because it was like a different angle was um, working with these lawn care businesses that we took on. So we took on a, a number of lawn care businesses that specialized not in like grass cutting or anything like that, but in like weed control. Fertilization. Fertilization, exactly. And what was really unique about it was for these campaigns, um, these service providers ran it like a subscription type service where basically it was like, hey, you pay X amount per month and then like you get X amount of treatments uh, in the month for your lawn. And so it was like a little bit of a different campaign than maybe what we would typically do with like, you know, a bathroom or a painter or like renovation specialist for like, you know, basements or a roof or whatever. It's like the subscription model was an interesting uh, model for it. And so um, what was like particularly interesting for it, though, was that like this was a prime example of um, looking at a campaign return on investment from a lifetime value perspective. Do you want to talk a little bit about like what it looked like? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so for these guys, uh, there was lots of leads coming through, uh, way higher uh, lead flow than many other businesses because it's so accessible. Lots of people need lawn care. So they were getting lots and lots of requests for quotes, and they closed lots of business, which was great. They made lots of sales uh, customer-wise. Um, but both of these clients, the, the two we're focusing on in this discussion here, um, they closed and sold about break-even on their campaign initially. So over the three months, three three-month window this season, uh, they broke even and they were they were happy about it. Um, but I asked them for their average client retention rate, and they gave those numbers to me. And with that forecast, I was able to calculate what the client value that we landed them with our initial marketing campaign what it would look like the return in a five-year window, and it was a ROI well into the six figures just because of, hey, on average, if you can retain 90% or whatever it was, I think it was like 85 and 90% yeah. year over year, we got you these 100 clients or so, and yeah, okay, you only broke even this year, but if you look at it long-term, yeah. you guys crushed it. This was a great success. Yeah, yeah. so it's like obviously with the campaigns that we take on, like my personal goal with the client is 100x ROI. Whereas with some of these like smaller transaction type clients, it's pretty hard to reach that if like, you know, one uh, new customer that they take on is paying them like, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month, right? Then that means that you have to take on like quite a few new clients to be able to really hit that in like the three months only, right? And so what was really cool about this campaign, though, was where we're looking at lifetime value. It's like, okay, we've, we've broken even on this campaign. And so on the front end, if you don't have the right mindset for advertising where you're looking at like, okay, in this three months, I put this money in and then we got this money back, you'd look at it and be like, okay, we broke even. But the the true entrepreneur or the true marketer is going to look at it and then say, okay, we just acquired all of these new customers. I think for one of them, it was like 65 customers or whatever. And if you know anything about marketing and sales, you know that acquiring a new customer is the most expensive thing that you can do in business. 
because it's so much easier to go back to an old customer and say, hey, do you, do you want some work done? Yeah. Right? They're already in your pipeline. Whereas acquiring a new customer is the most difficult and most expensive thing you can do. Any, any big brand knows that. And that's why they spend so much money on marketing and advertising because they're trying to acquire new people. And so, um, like Matt said, broke even on the acquisition of those clients. But on the back end, right, because their uh, retention was like, over the course of like five years or something like that, then like Matt said as well, the ROI from the campaign was well into the six figures. Yeah, they were set up to do really great. And this is true for pretty much any service. Like it's obviously really true for subscription models where Mm -hmm. they're going to be back year after year after year. But if you have any business where you're like maybe window washing, maybe they'll need it once a year. If you're doing patios like our earlier client, maybe down the line in two years, they'll need their garage redone. Whatever it is, like as soon as you acquire a customer and you have them on your list, it's really really valuable Mm -hmm. and it's hard to measure sometimes but yeah and this is where like you know this is going to bring up another topic where it's like for a lot of our painting clients going on lifetime value and like just the value of referrals right it's like hey you landed that one job but you can maximize that job too that you land so let's say that like you land a job from a lead well then um and i'm sure you guys may have heard of this but you can do like your door hangers and hit five to the five houses to the left five houses to the right and some across and now that one job just turned into like hey everyone like we're working on this person's house doing their pain we're in the area you know we can waive a transportation fee or whatever even one extra job from that every single time you do a job it's it's crazy the returns and it and it's especially true like if they have like friends in the area or if you're doing exterior work and they look over and it's like wow that looks great mm-hmm. like why wouldn't I do that especially if it's a more affordable service mm-hmm. yeah and so that's something we're constantly looking at too is like okay there's the front end sales but then there's also the back end do you have an email list like are you collecting the information of the clients that you're landing are you trying to maximize referrals these types of things so those were some notable uh, campaigns that were pretty cool. Um, it's fun to be able to do a campaign where it's like um, focused not so much on like the front end, but the back end as well. Um, and then just like a, a segueing in um, another topic that I want to talk about, because in the beginning of this podcast, I was saying like, look, like we're not going to talk all just about sunshine and rainbows. We also want to show some examples of like turning campaigns around. Perseverance. Pretty much, because I think that what makes a marketing agency great is being able to quickly spot issues and problems and and turn it around and, like, use our expert opinion to be like, hey, like, what we're doing right now, we need to pivot to this and then get success from there. Um, So earlier this year, we started with a gutter cleaning business. And there was a couple things, I think, that, like, starting off that maybe were, like, some challenges. So, like, the first thing... Um, from both of our perspectives was that it was fairly early in the year. It was like, I think we started the campaign off either early March or like February. Yeah. Um, But for Canada specifically in Canada. And so it's like, if you don't live in Canada and you're starting like a campaign, like early March, February, like most people aren't thinking about their gutters. Yeah. We're having snow until like end of April in some cases. So it's hard to kind of appreciate your gutters being like backed up or broken if there's no real Mm -hmm. like water melting around them or rain because that's kind of when you actually see the main issues. Yeah, exactly. And so we started the campaign a little bit early, which isn't too much of a problem. It's like, hey, we're building awareness, like cool. But it was a slow start. Like the demand was like fairly slow. Matt was seeing on the numbers side with the ads that like, you know, response wasn't super high. We were getting some leads coming through, but like the ones that would come through as well, like the client was kind of struggling for closing them and like, actually getting a deal through 
Um, and so this is a good example, though, of like turning a campaign around. Um, I know, Matt, you were like, you can talk maybe a little bit about like the testing that you were doing on Facebook of just trying to. Yeah, so this client gave us lots of good images to work with. They had professional photography, which is great because I had hundreds of assets to choose from to try and get the best leads cool. for them. Uh, we tried, you know, multiple different services. We were doing gutter guards, gutter cleaning, gutter installations. Uh, those are the primary focuses. And it was just kind of tough to generate qualified messages so early on in the year. I cross-referenced with, like, Google Trends, and I saw that, you know, maybe around May things picked up, and it made sense because we would get rain and, you know, the snow would be gone, and people mm -hmm. would start to realize that, oh, my gutters have an issue. Uh, so I tested different uh, – we tested different offers, different images, kind of what was working. Um, like Matt said, we generated a lot of brand awareness for them in those early months, but it wasn't until, you know, maybe a couple of months ago where we started to see kind of an upward trend, and it started working better. Yeah, it's like this was a perfect example of where like I think having the the right mindset because this particular client was like, hey, guys, like I trust you guys, um, but I just want you to know that like, you know, I'm running up against like some of these issues on the sales side. And then we were seeing some of the issues with like where the campaign, um, it was off to an earlier start. We weren't getting as much like feedback as we wanted, but we stuck through it. Matt was doing a bunch of different testing. Eventually, we found some angles that worked really, really well. Um, and then as the season progressed in and this client was able to like stay patient, trust the process, then it was pretty encouraging because he was like, hey, guys, like we just closed like, you know, 20K like worth of businesses this week. OK, like this much. And we started to see like, OK, now it's starting to like follow suit. So we're going to fall here and it's exciting because we're like, OK, now we can see things like are ramping up from here. Yeah. Now that they made it through like the quiet time, yeah. they could have easily cut us in the first like two months and said, hey, guys, it's not working. It wasn't what I expected, yeah. which is sometimes the the mindset we have to deal with and mm -hmm. it's a lot of the time like trust the process work the process and eventually you'll see results especially with the way we test things and try to make it work for our clients and yeah now like matt said one now that it's successful it's it's kind of exciting going towards fall because you know the leaves are going to be falling gutters are going to get clogged gutter guards are there's a big spike in fall which is great um and we could see the the long-term vision or the short long-term vision like the next few months is going to be probably pretty big for them mm -hmm. so yeah so that's an example of like turning a campaign around that was like a fun example of seeing that um another example this isn't specific for like um a campaign that we were working on that wasn't performing and then turning around but it's a it's a situation of another marketing agency was um working with this particular client so he's also on our website um dave from flooring now and before he started with us, he was working with another agency and I was kind of asking him about like what they were doing. He was saying, yeah, you know, they're focusing mostly on SEO to my website. Um, and he didn't say that they were doing any kind of ads or anything like that. He's like, yeah, like, you know, I've been working with them for about six months and like I'm not seeing any leads coming through and it's just difficult for me to like have faith in this. And I was like, well, yeah, no wonder like six months paying month after month is difficult for a business to like to be able to keep paying that month yeah. after month they were a bit lower tickets so maybe it was like kind of back of his mind he's like oh it's not terrible it's not amazing i don't really know what to do exactly yeah and so when he started working with us what we did instead is we're like okay seo is a long-term game so whether or not they're doing it correctly like i don't even know if they were doing it properly or not but like most businesses can't wait that long to start seeing leads come through right and so immediately what we did is we implemented ads for him facebook google ads because 
ads are always going to have a faster rate of return for a contractor because basically what we're doing is we're putting ads up and putting them in front of your ideal market and then saying like, hey, do you want this, right? SEO is a slow game of like slowly ranking you through the search engines, which could take months. And so this is a campaign that was very, very successful coming from like his previous agency where the strategy that they chose was a very slow strategy for a, a business that can't necessarily wait that long to see results. So as soon as we came in, um, it was pretty fun and exciting to be able to like, okay, cool. Now he went from like zero leads to like 20 to 30 a month and then like closing most of those now scaling up his business. We've been with him for a couple of years and now he's in like a, like a whole other di uh, different level in his business. Right. Yeah. I, ideally they're done like at the same time they're combined mm -hmm. um, doing SEO on its own. Like Matt said, it's a pretty slow process. The thing about ads, which is cool is it kind of serves both purposes because if you're getting clients through the ads, you're going to get more Google reviews, you're going to get, uh, you know, more testimonials, things that you could keyword stuff, and then you're going to rank organically. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to contribute to your SEO uh, in and of itself. So it's like, you don't want to just only focus on SEO, you don't want to only just focus on ads, ideally, you're doing both. Mm -hmm. um, but ads is going to get you the quick return that most people are looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, another like story that I have about um, like just turning a campaign around is um, for this particular client, they were focusing on a very interesting niche like tiny homes, uh, log cabins. And so for this particular campaign, because it's such a novelty type campaign where people like see the pictures of like a tiny home or like the log cabin, all of the the products that he's doing are very like novel. So it's amazing from a marketing perspective because you can show all these different cool pictures and, you know, all these different, um, yeah, like structures. And so from a marketing side for this campaign, like the leads are just like pouring in. There's so many. And he does great work. Yeah. So people just want to engage with him. They're like, oh, wow, let me ask this question about your cabins. Like, you know, can you do this, this kind of build, yeah. this kind of build? And he, and he loves talking about what he does too. So it's, it's crazy. There's so many leads. Yeah. And like uh, just to give people an idea who are curious about like cost per lead on Facebook, Facebook, it's like i don't know like two, three, three to two, four dollars yeah, yeah. Three to it depends on the ad group but i mean like it's really really cheap yeah it's really really cheap and so this is an so before we were talking about sales ability right it's like this is a situation where um this particular client was getting like too many leads basically for him to handle because he's a small team he was getting so many leads that it was like okay like i need to like now manage these and so and so anyway and so the challenge that he came up with um, especially last year around like the kind of like cooling off from COVID, I guess, was like, hey, there's all these leads. How do I like actually build a sales process now around this? And so that's a case where um, then I would step in and I did where I step in and then like go through things and be like, hey, what are you doing with these leads? You need to call them. You need to bring them through like this discovery call script, which is what we offer for all our clients, where it's basically just like, you know, before you drive out to any kind of job or anything like that, you need to pick up the phone, go through a number of different questions. Some of them are like, hey, like, how long have you been thinking about doing this project? Okay, like, have you ever worked with a contractor before? Simple questions that are going to vet out or spot red flags so that you have a better idea of the type of person you're working with, and then you can go and drive out, right? For this client specifically, too, he has a massive service area, like mm -hmm. many, many hours of driving. If he's going to every lead, it, it would crush him in gas if he wasn't qualifying mm -hmm. these people. Yeah, and so this is a case of where, like, going from too many leads 
leads to not knowing what to do and just jumping on a phone call with him and being like, okay, like, what are you doing right now? Okay, like you're emailing people and you're going through that. Like, don't do that. Pick up the phone, qualify them quickly, and then bring it to the next step. So that's an example of like also just going from like no sales process to figuring one out and then being able to quickly qualify those leads and go to estimates from there. Yeah, because we get a lot of people that we work with are like craftsmen of of their industry, right? So like, you know, maybe they're really, really good at building things, but they're not so great at handling the leads, especially when there's such a high frequency of them. So getting that training really helps them sift through it and and capitalize on the leads we're delivering. 100%. Um, I also want to segue then from there into um, turning another campaign around, which was a big tree removal business um, that we work with. So this campaign is super cool, especially because um, so originally he came to me and was like, Matt, like I'm running Google ads, I'm running Facebook ads, I'm doing everything. Um, I've got a p- couple problems though. I'm not convinced that the campaign is working as well as it could be um, simply because I can't get a hold of my marketer. Um, he was basically saying like, you know, if I ever have a problem, I'm emailing this guy, I'm not hearing back for like a week. Right. And so, which is bad when you're spending his budget too. It's like potentially thousands of dollars that yeah. you don't want being spent on things that you don't want be, to be targeting. And yeah. Just not answering. Yeah. It's like it's a five figure budget a month. Right. And so, um, doing a budget like that, if you don't hear back for like, you know, a week from your marketer, sometimes those can be, like Matt said, like thousand dollar differences. Right. Anyway. So, um, so I offered to him, I said, well, hey, man, listen, we can go in and do an audit of the account and see what we can find. And if we will present the findings to you and we'll go from there. And so we did an audit and we determined a number of different things. Do you want to talk about some of the specific things the, that you found? Yeah, one of their uh, highest budgeted campaigns specifically uh, didn't have the location targeting set right. Uh, they were getting some leads that were way outside their service area, occasionally outside the country, and it's because they weren't targeting people that were specifically living in or recently in the location. They were targeting people with interest in the location. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the leads they were getting were qualified and, and in the area, but a lot of the time they were just wasting money on people that were never going to be interested in tree removal because they were nowhere near the uh, place of business. Uh, that was probably the biggest. That was a lot of wasted ad spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was other little minor tweaks, like focusing in on uh, you know certain higher converting uh, subsets of the market, uh, implementing little things like better call tracking, uh, things like that. But the main the main issue was the targeting. Yeah, it's not much use of getting leads if you can't actually work with them because they live too far. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, and so that's a client that we have. That um, that's an example of like really turning things around. The result of that so far has been like getting, um, I would say, probably the same amount of leads or more for a fraction of yeah. the ad spend. I think he said the lead cost was cut in half, so we're doing mm-hmm. uh, we're doing great for him. They're really happy. Plus, our communication is is definitely probably mm-hmm. hands down yeah. nowhere, nowhere close to like what they were delivering. We we talk to them pretty much. Uh, you know, multiple times a week. If they ask us questions, we're there. Oftentimes, within minutes, uh, making the even, yeah. m- even minor adjustments, which I'm sure they appreciate, because you know, to go from not hearing to s- from somebody for a week for sometimes major issues to us, even little minor things like, "Hey, can you do this one little thing?" and we're like, "Oh yeah, we got you." Like pretty much right away. They, yeah, they probably love it. Yeah, like we don't use email for our client support. What we use is like a chat group, right? And so it's like instant messaging. So yeah, like the other day they had a question about like, "Hey, like I got this email. Is this a scam?" And we're like, "Yeah, like yeah, that's like, a scam." Like don't literally, touch that. literally minutes later, we're like, "Don't even worry about it. Like if yeah. if, if anything comes of it, we'll help you fix it." And they're like, "Great. Like put put the worry to rest." Where 
as if it was sitting for a week. It's like, oh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Like, am I going to lose my account? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's an example of like really turning a campaign around. And the reason that we were able to, when I was having that discussion of being so confident and being like, hey, like we can audit this for you and like we can sort this out was because we've worked with tree businesses before. So we had another tree business um, that we were working with um, in a different state. So like we only work with um, a certain type of contractors per specific state. And so um, we're working with him. And this campaign was really, really cool as well because um, basically they we figured out that through research that they have a pretty large Spanish population. And so like we're running these tree removal ads in English and like they're converting well, it's working. Making sales. Yeah, yeah. like working well. But um, we noticed we're like, hey, like there's a lot of people commenting in Spanish here. Yeah, and, and, they, like, and they themselves are Spanish. Yeah, and they th- themselves are Spanish. Yeah. And so we noticed like, hey, there's a pretty big population here. Like, what happens if we just, like, take the ad and translate it into Spanish and run Spanish ads? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So we just started into an AI tool uh, similar to ChatGPT, not ChatGPT exactly, but a, a translating tool. Uh, shot us out the copy. So we had our ad copy, ad headlines, all the stuff that we would need to run ads. Uh, Checked we, with the client. Was like, yeah, does exactly. this make Sent sense? Sent it back. They're like, <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Gave it a thumbs up. Yep. Got the green light. Uh, so we gave a small little test budget to test these ads. Um and they performed great. They performed just as well as English ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, they closed business from it. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it didn't. I don't think it didn't perform better than the English ads. But just having that, you know, we would never have acquired. We're capitalizing those. on a market exactly because yeah. we would never have acquired those leads otherwise. Yeah, and so that's a pretty cool, um, notable like campaign as well. Is just like I think a lot of marketing agencies are so focused on like a linear kind of way of thinking where they're like. Yeah, like this is kind of our process, but I think what makes mark like a, a good marketing campaign a great one is noticing the nuances, right? Of being like, hey, like that's an interesting thing. We should focus more on there. And I know a lot of contractors who come to us and they're saying like, hey, I just really want an agency who's like, okay, like let's try this idea, let's try that idea. Who people who are thinking outside of the box. And so that's something like that's a cool example of a campaign where we did that. Yeah, we you know we try to give at least like a little portion of each budget to test things, uh, because even when things are working great, there's always other subsets of the market that you can capitalize on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Segwaying into another set of like notable campaigns that we can talk about um, are just like high end, more luxury type campaigns. Um, so we can talk about like what that would look like. So we've got a client where they do super high end kitchen remodels where like the cutoff for most of like what they would do would be like $50,000. So like they're not taking on they're not taking on any rinky dink kitchens like this is going from like 50,000 up to like sometimes $100,000. Yeah, like full service kitchen remodels, yeah. like the whole shebang. Yeah, the whole shebang. And so like super high quality work um, and so for a campaign like that, it's, um, it's definitely like a different one, right? Because if we have a kitchen contractor who's doing like, you know, willing to take on smaller jobs, then the likelihood of them like landing a job is much higher, right? Because if we take like a pool of 100 people and we say, hey, like, do you want this like $1,500 uh, like $15, kitchen remodel? It's a lot more likely that more people will say like, yeah, I want that than for someone who wants like, hey, who wants a $70,000? 
$1,000 kitchen remodel. It's a smaller segment of the market who's going to want that. And so um, this is a notable campaign for success, though, because this client um, particularly understood, hey, like, I understand that not all the leads that come through are going to be applicable to me because people are going to see this high-end luxury um, product that we're, like, we're marketing and they're not going to be able to afford it. Like It's just the reality of like if you're a higher ticket um, service provider, you're going to have to sift through some leads. Not all of the leads that come through are going to be um, exactly what you're looking for because you're, you have a cutoff, right? And so it was really fun and is fun working with this client um, particularly because they like fully understood that. And so the leads that come through they're they're just following their sales process and being like, Nope, like this person doesn't apply to our business, but like, you know, like, I hope you find what you're looking for, blah, blah, blah. Until then finally, like first month, $60,000 kitchen, um, great profit margin on it. And it's like, it's only getting better from there. And so it's, a, it's pretty exciting and it's a fun, uh, campaign to work on because, you just land one job right in the beginning, and then everything else after that is gravy. Yeah, exactly. Even if they're just like getting their brand out there because um, what they wanted to do, we, we had limited assets to start with. They didn't have a ton of pictures. Uh, you know, we did stock photos, good stock photos that represented the kind of job that they wanted to get. Uh, right from day one, they were getting messages, quality messages. Uh, our team oversees the messages that get the leads. Um, and, you know, we could tell that they were quality leads because. People were asking for the service. They were giving their phone number, good job descriptions, and whatever. Um, but like Matt said, even though they were qualified leads for kitchen models, they weren't necessarily qualified leads for luxury kitchen models, which is what our client wanted to focus on. Uh, so it was great. You know, after they sifted through, they had the positive mindset, and they worked the leads, they massaged the leads, and then eventually they closed the one job. And like Matt said, boom, pays for the entire campaign and then some. And it's like a great stepping stone for building their business. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, um, you know, contrasting that mindset from like, okay, like, you know, I just need to sift through some of this. Okay, like I need to really position myself as being the high-end contractor. It's like sometimes we get clients where they come to us and they're kind of like expecting us almost to like to basically be a miracle worker and like take, you know, very, very limited assets that we're working with and be like, Hey, like bring me only like $60,000 jobs. You know, it's like when a client comes to us and says like, Hey, like I only want this type of lead. It's like, well, I don't think we can do that for you because if you're looking for like a very specific type of lead, the more specific it gets kind of like, it's going to involve more sifting. Right. Yeah. And so it's like the if you if you have especially limited assets like you don't have super great testimonials you don't have like a very good brand you don't have the pictures for it that's the caveat because we've talked previously about like building up mm -hmm. your brand and then like you know getting the assets doing the big kitchen models until you only do big kitchen models and it does work like you the, the more you compound on doing those big jobs the more you'll land them but especially at the start when you're brand new and you don't mm -hmm. have things to work with it's almost impossible to deliver only those leads if we could only deliver those leads they, the cost per lead would be you know so much higher because yeah. there's only so few of those leads to go around yeah and, and then in that case you're getting like you know five leads a month or whatever that are coming through and then you just have less swings at bat and yeah. so it's like and then you also have a bad mindset there where you're like oh there's no lead flow and so yeah it's, exactly. it's a double-edged sword yeah so. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly and so having the right mindset like if you're only going to be doing luxury type work then you just have to recognize that like we're marketing you we're taking your product which is great and we're putting it out there you're going to get like a bunch of people reach out to you not everyone's going to be a fit, good fit that's part of marketing that's part of putting your brand out there but being able to quickly qualify follow your sales process 
Like, this is a, a notable campaign for just, like, a testament to that. Yeah, you can't have, like, a defeatist mindset. Like, we've had clients occasionally where they're like, oh, we're trying to sell, like, a luxury good at Walmart. And it's yeah. like, if that's the mindset you have going into, like, trying to qualify these leads, it's no wonder you can't sell them. Because I'm sure there's sometimes where you get a lead that, like, maybe their budget kind of fluctuates and they start at, like, a mid-tier budget. But maybe they could work up to your budget if mm -hmm. you could explain why you're going to deliver that value. Because maybe they just didn't understand that a kitchen's cost, you know, 60K. Mm -hmm. So you go to them and they're like, oh, what's your budget? Whatever it is. And they're like, oh, you know, 30,000. And you cut them off. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you know, work the process. Talk to these leads because there's only, so you're only going to get so many. So you got to, yeah. yeah, you got to work work them basically. Yeah. And that's a good segue like into our, our like last kind of section here of like notable campaigns is just talking about mindset, right? Um you know, when our clients sign on with us, I send them like a welcome email and I send them like a number of different things that they can expect. And then like at the end there, I say, hey, like, can you reply 10 for to show that you're agreeing to this? And one of the things that they agree is to commit to a winner's mindset is to commit to like trust the process, commit to a winner's mindset, um, commit to this campaign and be like, this is going to be a winning campaign and follow the process because Mindset is everything, as I'm sure you guys know, especially when it comes to marketing. It's like if you're going into a marketing campaign with a bad mindset or, you know, unfortunately, maybe if you've been like burned in the past or something like that, it's like whatever you focus on, it expands. And so if you're focusing on like, okay, like this is going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to make this like extremely successful. The clients that we get who have that kind of mindset, they always win and I can spot them very, very quickly. And then it's like the clients where like their mindset isn't so great. We have to coach them through that where I have to like, you know, there, there's been countless times where like we've talked to clients and they're like, oh, like, how are the leads going? And they're like, oh, you know, the leads suck. They're, they're not there. And then we go through their messages. And I'll literally go in and be like, yeah. hey, this person's looking to call right now. Matt does like a quick audit for them, like a five, 10 minute video, yeah. just like on Loom shoots a video, like going through their messages like, hey, you know, this, this is a lead you can follow up. And he shoots them a quick message. Sometimes even on the video, it's like, look, just got you a lead. Call this guy right now. Here's his phone number. He wants yeah. a whatever, you know, remodel. Yeah. And so it's like, those are some examples where it's like, you know, mindset's really important. And so um, some clients that I wanted to bring up with, like for some campaigns for mindset is uh, Provost and Sons Roofing. So like, this was a notable campaign for just like his mindset shift where he was totally ready to get to another level. And he just trusted the process. So like when he came to us, he was doing very little marketing, he was doing like, you know, a couple hundred dollars here, um, mostly subcontracting work, not a lot of guys like on his crew, like fairly small business. And he was like, Matt, I'm ready to go to the next level. Like, I've seen the stuff that you're posting. I want to, like, go all in, blah, blah, blah. So we put something together to him. And even he was like, wow, like, you know, this is, like, 10 times more than, like, what I'm spending on marketing. But He was doing, like, Kijiji ads, I guess. Yeah. Like Craigslist ads. For, for you guys in U.S. would be, like, Craigslist. And so, yeah. So he's like, wow, this is, like, 10 times more than I'm used to spending. But if this is what it takes to actually, like, grow my online presence and, like, bring my business to the next level, then let's go. So fully committed to the process, fully committed to the sales. There's been like so many stories where um, it like proved that he's like truly committed to the process where like he's jumping on the phone with someone. We could see like through some of the conversations and stuff like, 
always quick to answer leads. Um, just a great mindset overall. And like, would you know, like he's on our site there. He like tripled his sales in a year working with us, bought a new truck, like, and his business has just been growing ever since. So it's a great testament to when your mindset is like, I'm going to win, I'm going to do this. Like what I was talking about before is like a lot of these types of businesses, like they're going to win anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, we're just adding gasoline to the fire and it just, it just amplifies it. Something that's kind of cool, like for like mindset, mindset shifts, uh, when I first started, I didn't really have like a good grasp of how much renovations really cost. Uh, so if you're looking at like investing in marketing from like an ROI perspective and stuff, if you average it, like going from like the cheapest renovations, like a couple hundred dollars to like the big hundred thousand dollar renovations, all it would probably take on average is like one extra job a month to pay for the marketing expenses. Yeah. And at the very least, you're growing your brand and working towards building that big company that you want. Yeah, like that's an important mindset too. It's like, yes, like those big wins and we've got them where it's like, you know, oh, like I made like 200 grand in like a couple months or I made like this in a couple months. It's like that stuff is great. But I think what's also really important. So like the sales, um, the revenue is important. But the other thing that's important is actually like getting new clients, customer acquisition, what we were talking about and building the brand awareness, right? Because if you can repeatedly put a dollar into marketing and then get a dollar back, that's infinite upside. If you think about that's infinite scale, basically, Because you're going to grow organically outside of that. Mm -hmm. Everything you do, paid advertising grows your organic reach Mm -hmm. as well. So it's a very limited mindset to be like, oh, like I only made a dollar back because no, you grabbed a customer. So if your back end is optimized where you can get referrals, this is how you're going to grow a business. People talk, right? So many, so many contractors talk about, hey, we, we rely on word of mouth only. Okay, so put gasoline on word of mouth. Yeah. Right. Um, another client too, that just like a great mindset as well is just going back to, um, Coliseum concrete. So John, like doing the, um, interlock. So like it was cool to be able to see his mindset of like where we came in and, and he was like, okay, like maybe this offer, maybe that offer. And like, he really trusted the process of me being like, Hey, like, let's do this offer. I know it's like kind of different of what you think. He totally trusted the process where he was like, well, dude, like everyone else is not talking about that. Like, this is where I think trusting your agency and trusting, like, if you're working with a good marketer, they can kind of see the forest in the trees. Then it's a great example of a client trusting the process and being able to follow through. For sure. Yeah. And then like a last cool mindset is um, that I want to mention is just like what we were talking about before with like the lawn care businesses of like lifetime value, right? Like um, we had a specific uh, contractor who was working with us who was focused like mostly on hardscaping. And like initially, I think within like the first couple of months, he was like, I don't know, guys, like we're making some sales, but I don't know if this is like really worth it. Like I'm looking at my numbers, like, you know, profitability, et cetera, et cetera. And we're like, yeah, man, like for sure. I totally get it. Like commit to the process. Let's review the numbers uh, um, during our progress exam, which is at the end of the three months. Let's look at it all. And it's like that client followed the process. Um, Granted, there was some issues during the process, like appointment setting. He was going through hiring. Uh, You know, there was times we were delivering leads and they were getting fumbled for various reasons. Yeah. So he was going through like a hiring process 
while working with us. So it was a little bit challenging because we're like running the campaign. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to hire someone to like handle those leads, which is great. And then like that person didn't work out uh, when he hired them. So then we had to like, he had to find like another person to replace. Yeah. And there's a couple of times we like, we like paused, which like, you know, just stifles momentum a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, like which we're willing to do. Like we don't want to like keep a campaign going when, when a client isn't prepared for that. So we paused, he sorted his stuff out. We turned it back on and then he was able to figure out the process. And then it was pretty cool because like at the end of the three month um, initial campaign there, when we did our progress exam, he was like, okay, like actually I'm looking at things. Things are looking really good, guys. Like it, it was like a, you know, it was a six figure ROI. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah, it was great because he was very vocal throughout the entire campaign, lots of communication. Um, and he just, you could tell he like cared. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, we were always like working with him and, and, and trying to make things uh, work for him the, the best we could. And at the end of the day, when all things were said and done, looking back at it, it was kind of nice that it wasn't a total failure, even though it's, at times it kind of was coming across as like, what's happening? Why isn't mm-hmm. this working? And we were like, it seems fine. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause we were kind of like taking it back where we were like, we saw the leads, we saw they were yeah. making sales. Yeah. And so it's like, it's cool to look back and be like, oh, wow, like, this was actually a great success. And he's like looking at it and being like, oh, yeah, okay, never mind. And so it's just a testament to to like mindset back to that where you're like, you know, initially when you're first starting a campaign, it's like it's normal to feel a little bit worried. But then these things take time. And then when you're looking at the numbers afterwards and you like really have everything in front of you, you're like, okay, wow, like I, I do see how this makes sense. Yeah, because usually like we're we're very active in like looking at how things are going and how the leads are we're going to pivot well before there's an issue. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some cool, like, notable campaigns that I wanted to walk you guys through that I think are, like, you know, some top lessons, um, just some, like, top takeaways I think that you guys could take, like, just the real stuff, you know, like, walking you through of, like, what it looks like for, like, very successful marketing campaigns, some of the challenges maybe that people come across. Matt, is there anything else that we feel like we could talk about nothing specific like a lot of these things that we talked about are unique issues that many people are going to face uh in one area or another so it's kind of great to be like have some idea of how to work through them and, and how to capitalize yeah absolutely so guys that's this episode on the contractor marketing show i hope you enjoyed it and i'll see you on the next one later guys